everyone, welcome to Lola's Frugal Life. This is episode number 52. Today we're gonna to be talking about teaching kids, or in my um, case, this is probably more, definitely more geared towards teenagers about money. So please stick around for a few quick words from our sponsor and we'll get right into today's episode. Okay everyone, so before we get into the main topic for today's episode, on my Monday episodes, which are usually more geared towards a topic, a specific topic that I want to talk about, um, I always give a frugal tip of the week. So this week, the tip that I wanted to share, if you're not already doing this, is to give cloth napkins a try. I started doing this, I feel like it's got to be over a year now, and it saved us so much money in paper towels. I do still buy paper towels, and I always have a roll in the kitchen, so they're there if we need them for like something that spills that's like kind of gross or something that you know you just wouldn't want to wipe up with like something that you're going to keep. Um, but by using the cloth napkins for meals and um, if say, I don't know, say water spills on the counter or something and just kind of wiping it up with a cloth napkin really quick, things like that, um, it has really saved us a ton of money. I've noticed how less frequently I'm replenishing our paper towel stock that we have. So um, that's my suggestion for this week. If you haven't done it already, I would suggest giving it a try. We just keep a bunch of the cloth napkins in our kitchen. I have like a little basket on the counter and I just kind of roll them up and stick them in there. And then um, whenever when we use them, we just they just get thrown in the hamper. They get thrown in my hamper because if they go in the kids' hampers, we might never see them again because they don't always get to the bottom of their clothes. Um, so they go in my hamper and then I just wash them as I do laundry and I just roll them back up and put them back in there. So they really don't take up, um, they don't create a, an excess amount of laundry. They just get washed with the regular clothes. They really don't take up a lot of space. So that's my frugal tip of the week. So now we can get into today's episode uh, topic, which is teaching kids about money. Um, so many people have different opinions on allowances and chore money and things like that. So I'm just going to share with you what we do. Um, there's obviously many different ways to do this. I'm just sharing what, what we do just as an example of something you might want to consider or maybe to give you some ideas on how you would like to handle it with your kids. So. And we have tried out many different ways over the years, but this is what I found works best for us, at least as of now, and for like the more, uh, you know, recent time frame that we're from where we're at right now. So we have an app called Our Home, like O U R Home, and um, it's for, it's a free app, and they're not a sponsor or anything, <laughs> um, but it's just an app that I've really liked. It's a chore app, basically, where you can put um, your kids' names in there and they get assigned certain chores and you can assign points to each chore. And um, as they complete them, you like check them off and it accumulates a point bank for them. And you can use the points either for certain things or you can assign a dollar amount to points, however you wanna do it. And when they use their points, there's a feature where you click and you um, show that they, you know, you subtract, it subtracts out the points that they've used and then it shows what they have remaining. So when we first got it, how I had set it up was I was trying not to give my kids um, specific money then because at the time I was kind of leaning towards the not giving them money for helping out. It was more like um, they could get like a drink at Wawa. Like a lot of times we'd go into Wawa or Starbucks. Well, we don't just normally go into Starbucks, but we'd be somewhere where there was a Starbucks and 
um, they'd say, oh, can we get a drink? Or can we get this at Wawa? Can we get ice cream? Can we get this or that? And um, I would, I would, no, it would just cost me so much money to constantly be buying these things. So I said, okay, well, we're gonna make these rewards. So if you have accumulated points from your chores and you wanna get a special drink at Starbucks or you wanna get a thing of ice cream at Wawa or whatever, you can use points. And I assigned uh, point values to certain things based on the cost of what they were. And that worked for a while. But then they kind of really just kind of started to tie the point value to the dollar value and said, well, if, if I could get a $3 drink at Starbucks, can't you just give me the $3 instead? Or can I get this thing instead that costs the same amount of money? And it just kind of started getting kind of annoying and I didn't really like how it was working anymore. And I, I kind of started thinking, you know, it's not that big of a deal if to me, it was okay to say, okay, you know, there's nothing wrong with giving them money as a reward for helping out. It doesn't have to just be these random little things. It's kind of the same thing. But what I did is I, I wound up changing the point values to be dollar values. So there's a certain amount of points is a dollar all the way up to about $10. Uh, but when I made that change, I told them that I wouldn't be buying those things for them anymore. They would have to use their money that they got from their chore app. So that's kind of how we're, we're doing it right now. Um, they don't always get their money each week. Um, they can, if they want to, they can get it whenever they want. Whatever points they've have accum they have accumulated, they can pull that amount of money out whenever they want and I just transfer it right into their checking accounts because they each have their own separate checking account with a debit card that they can use to spend their money. Um, and what I do on my budget side in case they don't pull the money out is each week I accumulate how much they've earned so that when it comes time that they're ready to pull their money out and it comes out of my account into theirs, it's not like a big budget hit that week. Like say if they've saved up like $50 or whatever and then I have to give them the $50, I've already um, saved up each week how much they've earned each week in my budget so that it's already set aside for. So it's not any impact to me if they choose not to take out their money for say 10 weeks or something like that. So that's, that's how we handle the chore money slash allowance type thing. And it's working out pretty good. Um, you know, it, it kind of helps them um, manage their money. And I kind of like it because I feel like the way I was doing it at first, it was kind of forcing them to spend the money because they had to pick rewards with it, where now they actually seem to be saving it more. Um, you know, we would go into Wawa in the past and they'd say, oh, how many points do I have so that they could get like a, a drink? Like they make like, um, I don't know, iced coffees and smoothies and things like that. How many points do I have? And then they would buy stuff. But now that it has a cash dollar amount to it, a lot of times weeks will go by and they just don't spend it. They just let those points accumulate until they need something. And then they'll say, how many points do I have? And I'll tell them and they'll say, can I cash out $20 or whatever? And then I transfer the money to them. So that's that. Um, another thing that, that we do, like I just said, they all have their own checking accounts. Even my 14 year old has a checking account. We weren't able to do that at our local bank for my 14 year old um, because, and I don't really know why different banks would be different, but when we tried to go to our local bank to open up an account, I was only able to do it for my 16-year-old 
um, who was able to get like a government issued ID because they required um, like a birth certificate and then some type of government issued ID. And for some reason, I feel like if I remember, you had to be 16 to get a government issued ID and that's why we couldn't do it with my 14 year old, I think. I'm pretty sure that was the reason. So it was like my 14 year old just couldn't open a bank account at the bank that we use locally. Um, so what I wound up doing is I looked online and I use um, Capital One's online banking for some uh, just like savings accounts and stuff. And I saw they had like a kid checking account. So I was like, oh, well that, let me see if there's an age limit on there. And there wasn't. So my 14 year old opened up a kid's checking account and a kid's savings account online with Capital One. She has the app on her phone. So just like an adult, she can go into the app and see um, her money. She could see what she has available, what she spent. She could see what's in her savings. And they even sent her a debit card in the mail, which is like a gold color. And she just thought it was the coolest thing when it came in the mail. She was so excited to have like her own debit card. And um, so it's kind of a cool account. Um, and she really liked that. And she's able to manage her own money. So I definitely recommend um, opening up their own checking account for them so that they can spend their own money and see as it's coming in and going out. And it's just really um, helpful to them to have that. So um, I do transfer um, their, like I said, I do transfer their allowance right into their account so then they can see what they have. Um, so then another um, thing that I have been doing with my kids is teaching them how to do a, a simple budget. Um, so for my younger kids, I can't even really say that I've, I've really taught them so much how to do a simple budget because with them, how I've started out with them is that when they work, they, they basically have to put 20% um, of what they make directly into their savings account. They're not allowed to, um, to spend that for just their general spending. And they don't work that much because they're, um, like my one daughter works at the boardwalk in the summer, which last year was only her first year. And then my other daughter does some like, um, she sells, she helps a woman like sell a product. So she does little events and stuff. So they don't have like big, they don't work like a regular part-time job where they're working all year round. So I was kind of letting them spend the rest of what they have after putting that 20% into savings. Um, in reality, it could definitely be more than 20%. They really don't need to be spending as much as they are. And I'm trying to get increase that amount um, that they put into savings, but it was a struggle. And I know I'm the parent, I could tell them what they have to do, but I wanted them to have some control over their money and see how much they were spending. So, um, I said it had to be 20% um, to start because it was kind of a struggle with them to even get them to put that much. But um, I would like to kind of encourage them now at this point to put more um, in there. So they, they kind of, they don't really have a, my, my younger um, teenagers don't really have a, a budget. budget. Um, they just kind of have to put some in savings and then they can spend the rest. And they kind of watch what they're spending on their own because they know once it's gone, they don't have anything left to spend. So that's kind of helping them in that way. But where I did teach more of like a actual simple budget is with my son who is in his first year of college now. He goes to community college. So he lives at home and he commutes to college. And what we did with him, which we started in his senior year of high school. So we'll be doing the same thing with my um, middle daughter 
um, this upcoming year is he started working a regular part-time job at that point when he was a senior in high school. And what he, what we had him do is he has a spreadsheet for his checking account. It's, it's very simple. It just starts with the beginning balance and then there's columns going across. So he has a column for um, his gas expense because he does have a car, um, for his car insurance, for personal, and then everything else that's left after that goes into the college account because he helps pay for his college. And basically how we do it is he saves up everything he can towards college, um, but like I said, allowing a small amount. He has a certain flat dollar amount he's allowed to keep for um, personal expenses, which we kind of worked out together. He's in agreement with it. I'm not saying like, oh no, you're only allowed to have this much, but it's a reasonable amount and he's he agrees with how we set it up. So he basically says, I got this much for a paycheck. He puts it on the spreadsheet so it increases the checking balance. And then he puts um, his, his gas amount in his gas column, his um, personal amount in his personal column, his car insurance amount in his car insurance column, and then whatever's left of that paycheck falls into the college column. So as the bills come in to pay for college, I ask him how much he has in his college account, in his college column on his spreadsheet, and he pays that amount towards his college bill, and then we supplement whatever the shortfall is from savings that we have for his college. So um, I think it's really helpful for him because um, you know he can see exactly in his checking balance how much money he has in there that's available to spend for, for personal things that he wants to, to buy um, so he can save up um, you know what he needs or he will not spend stuff if he sees he doesn't have enough in that personal column. So it's just kind of like a really simple format of a budget and um, it kind of works really well for him. Actually, one of the things that uh, that was kind of neat was he was going to Wawa and buying sandwiches and drinks and things like nonstop. Once he like got his license and got his job and had his own debit card, he was just going in and spending money buying food at Wawa like almost on a daily basis. And when he went to update his checking and he saw how much he was spending on Wawa, it was really um, like an eye-opener to him. He was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I spent that much of my money at Wawa. So it's definitely a better method what he's doing rather than the girls because even though they're managing their own money, they're not really seeing the accumulation of how much they've spent on different things. So I'm definitely going to start working towards getting them on that same type of um, spreadsheet as he has as they as he uses as they're getting a little bit older now. So, um, okay, so another thing that we do is we have them use their own money to buy certain things. So, like I said, with the rewards, we used to always go into a store and, you know, they'd say, can we get a drink? Can we get these snacks? Can we get this? Can we get that? And um, it would stress me out because I didn't really have the money budgeted for that. And then I would, like, buy the stuff and then I'd come home and I'd be updating my budget. And then I'd be like, okay, well, I got to get, you know, cut something else now to make up for these, you know, four trips to Wawa this week that I spent 15 bucks buying the kids things each time. Um, so I don't do that anymore. I don't buy them um, things like that. They have to, if we go into Wawa, if they have money that they earn from chores, they can buy themselves a drink if they want one but they know that I'm not buying it. And they really don't have a problem with it. It's just how it changed when we changed the chore plan to where they got their own money. 
you know, like slushies, iced teas, ice cream, the kind of things kids wanted to go into convenience stores and buy. Um, they know I'm just not going to buy that stuff. So when we go in, they'll say, can I get a, you know, Snapple or whatever? And I'll say, well, do you have money? Do you have your card with you? Oh, that's another thing too. Um, they would start to get into a habit where they wouldn't bring their money or wouldn't bring their, well, they wouldn't bring their debit card or if they had cash on them, they wouldn't bring it with them. And then they would want me to buy it and have them pay me back. And I was doing that for a little while and it got really annoying because then I had to transfer money from their account to my account and all this stuff. And finally, I just was said, you know, um, you need to have your money with you. If I went to the store, I wouldn't be able to ask someone to give me money and then I would pay them back. Like if you're going to a store and you might want to buy things, you need to be responsible to make sure you have your money with you. Um, there has been a few times where I've been a little bit more lenient if they really, really wanted something and I would say, okay, I'll give you the money this time. But for the most part, they know they need to have their own money with them. So, I mean, I basically buy clothes for them. I provide them with meals. I drive them where they need to be. But all those little tiny extra things that they want to buy when they're out and about, they know they have to pay for those. Um, you know, once in a while, say if we're going on like a day trip or whatever, Maybe we're going to go hiking or go on like a family outing or whatever. And we, um, you know, we'll, I'll say, okay, let's run into Wawa. Everyone grab a drink and a snack for the car ride. You know, of course I'll buy them things like that once in a while. But just in general, everyday living, they know they want things like that. It's coming out of their money. Um, oh, okay. Another thing that we do is we give them budgets for certain things that, that even we pay for. So for example, clothing. I save a certain amount of money each week towards clothing for both of for both of my daughters. My son, I don't pay for clothing anymore because he's 19 and he's in college and that comes out of his personal budget if he wants um, to buy clothing or shoes or something like that. So um, my daughters have a set amount of money that's, that gets set aside every single week for clothing and that's their clothing budget. It's used for shoes, bathing suits, any clothing related items, new shorts, t-shirts, whatever. Um, so they know how much that amount is and it accumulates each week because I set aside an amount each week. So they'll periodically say, how much do I have in my clothing budget? And they can make decisions on what clothes they need or what they want to buy um, with that money. And I, I am pretty lenient in letting them make decisions on what they want to buy with that money because I think it's teaching them um, that once it's gone, it's gone. I mean, um, they know that if they don't have any money in their clothing budget, they're going to wear what they have. And I mean, they have plenty of clothes. I'm not making them like not have clothes or shoes to wear. They have what they need. Their sneakers might be old and they might want new ones, but if they've used up all their clothing budget they're just going to have to wait until they have more. And um, the amount I give them is reasonable. It's definitely reasonable for them to have enough clothes and shoes during the year. Um, but if they do things like buy an $80 sweatshirt, like my one daughter did, because she had to have this sweatshirt with a little, I don't know, it had some kind of logo on it or something. It was ridiculous. I can't imagine ever spending $80 on a sweatshirt, but she really, really wanted this sweatshirt. And she knew that it was going to take a huge chunk out of her budget, so that was a choice that she made. And um, and I was okay with that because I think it taught her a lesson. If she really did want it and she really valued it, then that was fine because she dedicated a big amount of her money towards that sweatshirt. But if she wound up not really um, valuing it and seeing how she 
didn't get to buy other things because she spent all her money on this sweatshirt, she could learn that lesson also. In this case, she does love it. She actually wears it all the time, so it was worth it to her. But um, they do have that dollar limit. Also, uh, I do this with school supplies too. Um, you know, you go to the store to buy school supplies at the beginning of the year and they have um, plain notebooks or they have like these really fancy notebooks with pretty, you know, fancy designs on them and binders that are fancy and all these kind of different kinds of supplies. And they have a certain amount that they're allowed to spend on school supplies. So if they want to get those more expensive, fancy type school supplies, um, they're going to get less of the other ones. So um, they have to buy what they have to buy for school within a certain dollar amount. So if they wind up wanting to buy certain things that are more expensive, it's going to wind up coming out of their own money. Because the budget I give them is definitely reasonable to buy everything that they would need for school. But if they get to where they want to buy the $3 notebooks instead of the dollar notebooks, you know, it starts to add up. So, um, you know, we give them budgets for things like that. Another thing um, with the cell phones. So um, I gave, I started to give a budget now for a cell phone where I would buy up to a certain cost phone that isn't the absolute latest version. Um, and then if they want something newer than that, then they have to um, pay the difference. So like my daughter, when the when the iPhone X came out, if you remember, it was like the hugest thing with the kids and they all had to have one and, you know, it was like the end of the world if they didn't get one. And um, I kind of gave in and let my daughter get one, but I, cause her phone was, her phone that she had was getting like kind of towards the end where, you know, it's just going to start to not work anymore. And um, I did let her get one, but I paid up to the phone. I forget what it was, maybe like the six or seven, whatever the phone was that I was willing to get her, whatever the price difference was between that phone and the X, she had to pay the difference if she really wanted the X. And she did. She she paid for that um, phone. Um, basically how we worked it out, which I don't know if it was the best idea because I feel like it was almost like teaching her to use debt in a way, So, which I'm trying to avoid completely. So I wasn't didn't really fully think it through. But at the time, I had her pay the difference between what the payment was going to be on the um, other phone that I was willing to buy versus what she, the phone she did get. So she basically just dedicated her chore money to the phone every week for like that two year period when the phone gets paid off. So she just didn't get any chore money at all. Went, well, she got a little bit, but most of it went right to the phone. Um, and then I was like, well, that was not maybe the greatest idea because I was using the phone payment plan, which you don't really think of as debt, but it really is. So I'm trying to even avoid that too. Like I want to start trying to save up for a cell phone and not use that payment plan because even though, um, you know, it doesn't feel like it's debt, it really is. It's increasing your monthly payments that you have to make every month. So anyway, that's that. Also, um, you know, just trying to teach them by example. Um, some kids are harder than others. Um, you know, I try and like my son's really good about understanding um, what we can and we can't get based on what money we have allocated to different things. But when I try and explain to my daughters that, you know, we can't get that right now because it's not in the budget, we might have to wait and save up for that if that's what we really want. Um, they'll say things like, well, you know, we wanted that. Why didn't you just put it in the budget? Like as if there's unlimited 
pool of money and if you want something you just add it to the budget and your budget will expand and it's it's for some reason it's hard for them to get that concept that no there's just this limited amount of money and we have all these bills and we have things we have to pay for and you know they just it's it's a hard concept for some of them to get that there's a limit of how much money you can spend and you can't just add things to the budget so we have that conversation um, a lot but I do um, I mean I'm always talking to them about the budget I'm always talking to them about saving on groceries um, entertainment like how we can do things less expensively when we go on vacation we have a budget for eating out and um, I track how much we've spent and it kind of dictates you know okay well we spent a little bit more at this place so we're gonna have to do like um, cheaper meals these next couple days to make up the difference and then maybe we can do a sit-down dinner um, so they they do see me doing these things and I talk about it to them like while I'm doing it I'm always talking to them about it and even though they don't always want to hear it or they think I'm being annoying or whatever because they just want to buy and spend everything um, I feel like hopefully at some point as they get older that these things that I have talked about to them will sink in um, okay, so another thing I try and do, again, this is really hard with some kids, is to teach them contentment, because this is really important when it comes to managing your money. Um, so I looked at the definition of contentment, and it's the definition is a state of happiness and satisfaction. So that's what you're trying to teach them um, about their money and about the things that they have that they want to spend money on to replace or to get new things. So... It's kind of about just teaching them to appreciate what they have. Um, with some kids, and even with some adults, this is a really difficult thing to, to learn and, and become um, good with, I guess. Um, you know, they see their, the kids, they see their friends with the latest phones, the most expensive sneakers, um, parents with fancy cars, even kids with fancy cars as they start to get their licenses and things like that. Um, you know, they have friends with the giant homes and giant bedrooms and all the best stuff. And it, it can be really hard for kids to understand, like, why these people have these things and why they don't or why they can't have them. So, you know, I always try and explain to them that, um, you know, some people can afford more things than others. And some people are in a lot of debt to have some of those things. So you, you don't really know what the situation is of those people. And it's not really important what they have. It's important what we have and being happy with what we have. Um, you know, it's we have a nice, comfortable home. We have plenty of food. We have cars to get where we need to be. We have fun family vacations. We have a happy life. Like, that's what matters. It doesn't matter what everybody else has. And I try and work on teaching them that as many times as I can. Um, but with some kids, it's just really hard. They still see those things and they want them. Um, but I still think it's important to just keep talking to them about it because I feel like at some point it might sink in. And, you know, you try as hard as you can and you can only do what you can do. Um, some big scale opportunities with to try and teach um, kids things related to contentment are things like cars and Sweet 16 parties. Um, I mean, my son, he drives my old 2005 Toyota Corolla, and he is thankfully naturally the type to be content, so he'll probably drive that car until it literally falls apart. Um, so my, my middle daughter, though, who's going to be up for her license next, 
Um, she's already looking at cars that she can't afford. Um, she's looking at cars with car payments, which I already told her I wouldn't let her do. And even if I would, I'm not signing for one. So there's no way they're going to give her a car loan. She's only worked for a few months of her life on the boardwalk last summer. So I keep explaining to her that she needs to find a car that she can buy, pay for cash with. So we're working on that. Um, you know, even like with the Sweet 16 parties, like you're, if you have daughters, um, they're going to see some of these parties that are probably the cost or of a wedding or maybe even more than a wedding. And um, if you can afford that and you want to do that, of course, that's great and it's fun. And um, But I think the majority of people can't afford to spend that type of money on a party. So, um, you know, there's different ways to, to do things like that. And you can have big celebrations without having an enormously expensive party like that. So like what we did with my um, daughter for her sweet 16 is we went on a vacation, but it was our family vacation. So it was budgeted for as our family vacation for that year. Um, but the vacation was like dedicated to her for her sweet 16. And then we allowed her to bring a friend with her. So kind of like bringing the friend with her was more, um, you know, like the, the gift type. And then the vacation was kind of dedicated to her. But we didn't spend a whole lot of money above and beyond what we already had budgeted. So and she was happy with that. And it kind of showed her there's different ways to celebrate and have things that are really great and enjoyable in your life without having to spend a lot of money if you just don't have the money to afford those types of things. So um, another thing I try and teach my kids about is avoiding debt and saving up emergency funds. Um, I talk to them about this all the time. Um, I think it's really important, um, even before you get into this step though, the most important thing to, um, to enable you to avoid debt and save an emergency fund is to go back to that basic budget and see where your money's going. Because if you don't have a budget, then it's really difficult to avoid debt and save for an emergency fund. So um, I really wish I had known these things when I got my first job because, um, you know, about budgeting and saving and things like that. Because when you get your first job, at least for me, when I got like my first real job, I like immediately thought I was rich (laughs) and I started overspending for sure. Like I just felt like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm making this much money. Now that I look back, it certainly wasn't a huge amount. But to me, it was my first real job out of college and I definitely thought I was rich and we definitely overspent because when you're not tracking your money, you feel like you can afford all these things that you really can't. So I think it's really important to try and teach them about budgeting and avoiding debt and saving for an emergency fund. Um, Let's see. Oh yeah, and you know, just teaching them too with the emergency fund and the savings, like kind of, again, going back and just teaching them what's really an emergency and what's not. I mean, you know, I had a phone a a few years ago that was really like about to just crash out. It was like the battery barely held a charge. It had like different glitches and stuff, but I was determined to keep that phone until it died. It was still functioning as a phone. I could still text. I could still make phone calls. So it was still useful for what I needed it for. Um, but you know, it had little glitches and I think it even had like cracks on the screen and it was just a disaster, but I just didn't have the money for it. And to my kids, that would be an emergency. Like it's, but it's not an emergency. 
Um, you know, so I just kept it until it finally literally would not work anymore and then I got a new phone. So, you know, just teaching them things like that, that that's not the type of thing you want to pull money out of your emergency fund for. That's something you would want to save up for out of your regular um, funds. So that's pretty much it. I mean, anything, anything that you can think of that comes up um, about money that you're comfortable with sharing with them, I would suggest talking to them about it. Anything they can hear or learn um, is better for them. I, is That's my feeling. I think it's really important to have conversations with them about money. And, um, you know, a lot of kids just don't learn about money when they're growing up. And then as they go out on their own, they really don't know what to do. And that's where they can get into a lot of trouble with overspending and getting into debt and just not setting themselves up for a good financial Um, situation in their life. So that's it for today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. It's something I really love to talk about. Um, So that's it. Um, If you have feedback um, or want to send episode suggestions for topics or feedback on any of the other episodes I've done, that would be really awesome. You can reach me um, through my Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Lola's Frugal Life, all one word, no apostrophe. And um, you can message me there. You could leave a post on the page. You could like the page. Um, If you would like, I'm forming a user group right now, or or a listener group rather, and you can get to that through a link um, that's on the Facebook page, or you can go directly to facebook.com slash groups slash Lola's Frugal Life. Submit a request to join. I'll approve you, and you'll be part of our newly forming group where we could talk about topics Um, that come up on the show, episode suggestions, anything like that. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a really awesome day.